So, praise the Lord. We are talking about prayer today. Um, one of the things that I learned way, way, way back about praying for other people is, for myself, is the need to make sure that what we pray is in alignment with God's will. Some of you are familiar with the scripture in 1 John chapter 5. Uh, I'll read it real quick for those who may not be as familiar with it. In 1 John chapter 5, I'll read from verse 12. It says, he who, has the son of, he who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. These things are written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. And then verse 14 is really our focus, but I figured since I was there, I had to read that. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. So when we ask anything according to his will, verse 14 says in 1 John 5, we know he hears us. That's our confidence. Verse 15 says, and we know that if he, that he hears us, Excuse me. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. So in other words, we know when we pray anything in agreement with God's will, he hears us. That's the confidence we have. And we also have the confidence to know that when he hears us, we have what we're asking for. So then how do we make sure that what we're asking for is in agreement with his will? Well, certainly the surest way to do that is to pray according to the word. And when I say that, I mean specifically the word. So one of the scriptures that I would draw your attention to is Colossians chapter 1. I'm going to read a few verses starting at verse number 9. I want you to think about people that you may be praying for who may be lost, who don't know the Lord, or who are ill, or who are gone astray, who've gotten off course, who aren't clear about their purpose, whatever reason you feel compelled to pray about them from a spiritual standpoint and also perhaps even from a physical. But this one particularly is powerful when it comes to praying for somebody's spiritual need. This is Colossians 1 9 says, For this reason, this is Paul. We also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sin. So if I was praying that prayer, excuse me, praying for somebody named Letty, I would say for this reason, I also, since the day I heard it, do not cease to pray for Letty. 
and to ask that Letty may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that Letty may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, for all patience and long suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified Letty to be a partaker of the inheritance of the saints in the life. He has delivered Letty from the power of darkness and conveyed Letty into the kingdom of his son of his love. In other words, I would pray specifically the very word of God in and over that person's life. Because when I pray the word, I know that I'm praying according to his will. And when I pray according to his will, I'm confident that he hears me and that I have what I've asked for. So as you are praying for people, whether that's laying hands on the sick, praying for them in their absence because they're sick, praying for them, especially when you got a person who just won't seem to surrender their will to God, Colossians 1, Philippians 1, all of those epistles that Paul wrote, if you go back and look at his openings, he always starts out praying for the saints and he prays some power so when you personalize those prayers you will be amazed at what god would do in the life of that person and so i've seen situations turn around now you can go even a step further of course you anoint them but you also can anoint their clothes or their shoes especially their shoes because they gotta walk and as you decree that they will walk worthy of the lord Anoint those shoes that those shoes would be in alignment and that whatever they wherever they go would be in alignment with the will of God and the prayer that you're praying over them. And break every yoke, every speaking decree, healing over their body, healing over their mind, their spirit, whatever it is that the Holy Spirit that will lead you to share. So why is that critical? Because again, what do we talk about? If I ask anything in accordance with his will. I know he hears me. And if he hears me, I know I have what I've asked for. Since I mentioned the prayer last week about uh, the prayer for the sick that Dr. V often prays over his patients, I thought I would mention it more specifically today to show you how it aligns itself with what I'm talking about. It says, Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up to you. So in this sense, we lift up Letty to you. We ask you to intervene in the spirit realm, drive out that sickness and disease from Letty's body. Please take authority over every symptom, Holy One. Show yourself greater than any virus. Your name is above every name. In the name of Jesus, we cry for Letty's complete healing. Lord, stretch forth your hand to restore Letty's health and strength, we beseech you on Letty's behalf. And for your name's sake, we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. And then this part we speak out loud. Even as Jesus spoke to the disease attacking a soldier who served under the centurion officer who came to him, I speak to the symptoms and sickness attacking Letty's body. I bind you in the name of Jesus and I command you to go. Leave Letty in Jesus' name. According to the word of God in Luke 10, 19, I take authority over sickness and disease in Letty's body. Get out in the name of Jesus. And if I had specific symptoms, 
I would speak specifically to those symptoms. So why? Because the whole premise is I'm asking in accordance with the will of God. And when I pray according to God's will, I know he hears me. So if I line it up with his word, so look at the prayer. The prayer talks about in Jesus' name. Well, we know there are multiple texts where Jesus authorizes us to pray in his name. Matter of fact, John 16, 14. He says, I know you've never asked for anything in my name, but you can now ask in my name and your joy will be complete. That's powerful right there. Know about you, but I appreciate the fullness of joy. Then he goes on to say, you can ask anything in my name and it will be done. John 14, 14. Matthew 10, 1. He says, I give you authority over unclean spirits. So again, I'm asking in accordance with God's word. And of course, Philippians 2 tells us that he has a name above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. So when I'm praying these prayers, I'm praying in accordance with God's will. Why would I speak out loud like that when in the second part of the, the prayer, which is really more of a declaration? Because I'm taking the authority that God gave me in his word to take authority over whatever unclean spirit. He gave me authority over sickness, over disease, over unclean spirits. So if it's any kind of spirit of darkness, whether it's mental, whether it's physical manifestation, whatever, he gave us authority over those spirits. So we have to speak that authority. Think back to the story of the centurion soldier. He came to Jesus. He said, my servant is sick. And he said, you know, he needs to be healed. And Jesus said, okay, wait a minute, I'll go with you. He said, no. You don't even have to come in my house. He said, I'm a man under authority. And that means that when they tell me to go, I go. When they tell me to come, I come. He said, there are people under me who are under my authority. When I tell them to go, they go. When I tell them to come, they come. He said, all you have to do is speak the word. They ain't got to come in my house. So the same premise is that if we speak the word, we don't have to go to the hospital. We can speak the word from where we are. And so we speak that word in accordance with God's word and, and an authority that God has given us. And that's why we have the, the desire or, or not desire, the expectation that something's going to happen because we're speaking in accordance with God's word. So on the one hand, we're praying to God. That's the first half. In accordance with his will, he said, if I hear you, you know you got what you asked for. You ask according to my will. So that's the first part. The second part is we're now declaring and decreeing the thing that God gave us authority. I often use this analogy. If somebody walked up in your house and started making a home, going to your refrigerator, doing stuff that you did not authorize them to do, I'm pretty sure you would say, hold up, dude. You don't have any right to be in my house. Get out right now. That's the same tone and attitude you have with the disease that is attacking anybody's that God has given you influence over. So, <clears throat> excuse me, when you speak, you speak with the authority that, hey, wait a minute, you trespassing. What you doing up in here? You have no right to be in my house. You don't have the right to be in my daughter's life. You don't have a right to be in my son's life. You don't have a right to be in my life. 
This is the temple of Almighty God. You are trespassed. And so we speak according to that authority that God has given us. And so I want us to pray. And I want us to pray with that confidence, with that boldness, with that authority in accordance with God's will. It is not about you, believe it or not. It ain't even about how powerful you are because it's not about you. It's about understanding who God decreed and declared you to be. It is about who he authorized you to be. Um, when I was a chaplain at the prison, I was authorized to walk around and intervene and interact with women in whatever their living environment was. When I first got there, people didn't know who I was. And sadly, some of them thought I was another resident and tried to treat me like one. It was only for some, they had to get to know, oh, that's the new chaplain, and they kind of recognized. For others, it was like, I don't care who she is. She ain't got no business up in here. Like, if I go in the dining room and sit down and talk to somebody, like, she ain't got no business in here. Well, according to the regulations that define my role as chaplain, I was supposed to interact with the ladies wherever they were in their normal habitat. So it was nothing for me to go to a prison cell and sit down and have a conversation. It was nothing for me to take a walk around through the mental health ward and pray for people or through the segregation unit. That was normal part of my day because that's where they were. So therefore I was authorized to be there. And at one point, some of them were, you know, them being the staff would get kind of belligerent because they didn't like the notion of me being nice to people that they didn't like. I mean, that's the best I could figure. But anyway, the warden had to say to them in a staff meeting one time, this is my chaplain and she can go anywhere she want to go. And I'm going to need y'all to back up off of her. That's my interpretation. But that's basically what he said. This is my chaplain. You do not hinder her from doing her job. Wherever she want to go, you let her go. I had his authority. I had been empowered. And therefore, I could walk around and not just quote the regulation, but I had the authority that had been spoken over me by the person who was in charge. Well, how about this? Jesus has spoken that authority over you. You got the regulation, the word of God, but you got his authority that he, in fact, has spoken. So pray today with the boldness that says, I know who I am. I know what rights I have as a believer. And I'm going to pray and tear the kingdom of darkness down. When you get that kind of understanding, that's when the enemy trembles when you get up. It's like, oh, no. He's back again. He's here. He come again because he knows who he is in me, Jesus is saying. And the devil can't do nothing about it. So let's go before the Lord today with that kind of boldness.